to help clients see that and identify that because a lot of times they come to you without even seeing the crisis that's clearly mm. blocking their view. Wow. And when we put a name to it and I let them know it's a safe place to recognize that, it is if the burden is lifted and all of a sudden, once you see something, it becomes so much smaller and easier to deal with. Hello, and welcome to the Fork in the Road podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Galloway, and here we share stories of women forced to choose between leaning into an invested career in corporate America or daring to venture onto an unknown path. On this episode, my guest is an expert career strategist who has heard it all from her female clients. I'm Emily Caput. I'm a career strategist, career resilience expert, triple certified master resume writer, and a mom. Emily talks to us about what women struggle with in the corporate world and how we can be empowered to take back the control we need and deserve. She shares some wisdom on the challenges we face at work, why taking stock in your strengths and track record of success is helpful whether or not you're job hunting, and gives us all an invitation to the No Club. Listen for her thoughts on how to work with a coach, why women take on so much, and what you need to do to always be ready for the next big thing. There is a ton to learn from her. Enjoy. Well, welcome, Emily. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today about this topic. I think you will bring so much perspective and really expert knowledge to this to really help our listeners try to figure out where they go next. Um, We've been talking to a lot of women so far that are looking to uh, or have already pushed themselves into new entrepreneurial ventures or started new businesses and and tried to think about a new way to bring their career to life. But um, as we all know, that's not the only path and it's not the right path for everybody. There are also a lot of women who choose to double down on their careers and really think about how to make the best of the career they've already invested in. And that's why I'm so happy to have you here and, and talk about this as the expert that you are. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I want to start by just maybe telling everybody a little bit about you. You and I met through a mutual friend and mm-hmm. we got a chance to kind of get to know each other as as fellow business owners. And from day one, I was super impressed with you. I still am super impressed with you. Um, so tell us how you got to this super impressive place that you are in today. You are so sweet. Thank you. Um, so I actually started out in the broadcasting world after college, I was up in NBC and ABC uh, working there um, on the production side in Manhattan. And I realized really quickly that super toxic place to work. And then I was like, I want to work somewhere that's less toxic and I'll have better hours. So then I went and worked <laughs> at an investment bank because that was oh, not no. my bride, right? It was probably more toxic and worse hours. But I was working in the corporate communication side there, uh, doing uh, helping out with the global PR side, and then also did recruiting. Now, this was for Lehman Brothers. This was back when Lehman Brothers was still A, a company, and B, doing well, so obviously a while ago. Right. Um, and I left actually before they, they went under, about a year before they went under. But I left because while I was there, it was a continued impression of 
no matter where I was in the firm or no matter who I was talking to from the C-suite all the way down to the analysts we were recruiting out of school, everyone was miserable. And they all just hated what they were doing, didn't know why they were there. They would confide in me about how much they didn't like the work and they just didn't know how to get out. And I felt like I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. So I left in May of 07 and went back to grad school and with the goal of getting my master's degree to form the academic backbone of my career strategy work. And that's exactly what I did. But halfway through that program, uh, Lehman filed for bankruptcy, which was impactful in that. I know it was crazy. So my then fiance, now husband had also been at Lehman. We didn't meet there, although we did get engaged there. But he was, he'd been at Lehman for many, many years. And so he left Lehman about six months before they filed. And he ended up taking a job in Atlanta right after we got married. And we were literally driving to Atlanta for that job when Lehman filed. And all my old colleagues were calling me saying, you helped me then with my job. Now I'm really scared and really in a bad place. You've got to help. Because I always kind of did this work on the side. And so I ended up launching the firm a full year before I intended, simply because there was that need, a very sudden, urgent need. And I was finishing up my degree, um, had just moved to a brand new city, newly married. And it was one of those times in life where I just felt like, okay, I could stop and not answer the need, or I could move forward and be thoughtful and strategic, but go with my gut in terms of what what the need is out there and answering it. So I launched the firm then. My original intention was to actually do more of the career advisory for young professionals in mid-levels. So think 20s to late 30s, early 40s. And um, and not so much with the resume piece. My background is journalism, so I'm naturally a writer, but there was not necessarily my intention. However, I understood how to craft those documents, resume, cover letter, and at that time, growing with LinkedIn. I understood how to craft those. I understood how to interplay with the documents. So that became a request across the board, didn't matter the level or sector. Uh, So anyway, I I figured if that's what's being asked of me and not just for young professionals in mid-levels, but also the executives, I might as well get to be known for that. So I got to be known with the triple certified master resume writer uh, level certification and then continued expanding the company, expanding how we work, who we work with uh, all over the world and also brought on a team. As I expanded the family, I expanded the team in order to make sure that I slept ever. And (laughs) you know how that goes, right? So um, now I have an absolutely wonderful team of highly certified writers who are just phenomenal, phenomenal uh, people. And the way that we work with our clients is that you know, everybody works with me and one of the team writers. Uh, we understand that everybody comes to us in some version of a crisis. And we really partner with our clients on taking a step back, understanding what that challenge is, working through the obstacles, putting together strategic documents focused on what's your pattern of excellence, creating a strategy for them, and then working with them until they get to that point of I have an offer. Let's talk negotiations. And I actually just had a negotiation strategy session at 8.30 this morning. So yeah, it is it is wonderful work that we do, really fulfilling and amazing. And to think that we've grown up from one recession to now you know, another recession and beyond right. with COVID, it's pretty cool to think about. 
That's incredible. That's such a such a powerful story. And what really struck me is that early in your story, you're talking about this emotional roller coaster that people were on around you that you were able to kind of tap into. And then just a second ago, you t- describing that your your clients come to you in a moment of crisis. And I think that's so important to just recognize, acknowledge and, you know, put a name to it to say, yes, in these moments where we are unsure of where to go to, it is very emotional. It's very um, heavy and it does feel like a crisis, right? It does. And so, you know, that's why we talk a lot about career resilience, about identifying whatever that challenge is, because every point along the way, people are going to find some sort of crisis that they're facing within their career. And of course, it's going to impact them in their job, and but also their, their lives. And while I'm in no way a career, I'm not a life coach, I'm a career coach, I have to recognize the impact on their lives and the impact that it, it just takes and the toll and whatnot. And to, to help clients see that and identify that, because a lot of times they come to me without even seeing the crisis that's clearly mm. blocking their view. Wow. And when we, when we, put a name to it. And I let them know it's a safe place to recognize that. It is if the burden is lifted and all of a sudden, once you see something, it becomes so much smaller and easier to deal with. And it, it just makes a tremendous difference. So yes, it, everyone comes to us with a crisis and sometimes it's as small and it's still big, but sometimes it's, I'm graduating from this program uh, and I just don't know what I'm going to do next. Or sometimes it's reti- I'm retiring and I'm not really ready to retire, but I got to figure out my next steps. And it's something very personal or sometimes it's as big as my company's being bought out and there's a potential for redundancy or sometimes it's even bigger than that. And it's global pandemic and the impact from that. And it's just something that is bigger than ourselves that we, no matter what, have to face and deal with and then take that step back to be strategic and think through the documents and think through the job search strategy and put it all together while building those steps towards resilience, towards I can handle this and now I've got the strategies to handle anything else that comes my way. That is spectacular. I think first you hit on something really important that I hope this podcast can start to do for some women who feel in that fork, in that moment, they're kind of stuck that as clients come to you, you give them that opportunity to recognize the the space that they're in, acknowledge it. And from there, come to a plan of action. I think it's really hard to move and to do anything when you're sort of stuck in the the, the negativity yeah. of that emotion, right? It's so difficult. So I, I love that that you started with that. But I want to talk a little bit about the kinds of themes that you hear that often put people and put women in particular, if we can focus on them in these situations, what are those drivers? And I want to start with COVID because you, you sort of ended your last comments talking about how COVID in particular is is requiring of us to be resilient. Well, tell me a little what you're hearing from clients that is COVID driven, but also just generally what we see in themes from from women across the board when they make their way into this very difficult moment. Sure. And that is such a great question to ask and I appreciate it. So what I've heard with COVID and I'll I'll go into it more in a minute is so similar, but I'm hearing so much more of it right now. So I want to be very clear that this is the, the extent of it is COVID driven, but it's still similar themes that I've been hearing for a long time. And bear in mind that for a lot of women, not all, but for a lot of women, the impact of COVID has been hitting their jobs, but because they're also parents. And it's always a struggle 
for moms to show up at work and in the time, sometimes that companies want you there from eight to six or eight to six thirty and to be on all the time and expect that of parents while also saying, oh, but we were a family friendly business, but not really owning that, right? And so that's always going to be something that women, especially moms, are struggling with. And they've been, they've figured out hacks to make it work and it's a struggle, but they're making it work. And then all of a sudden, here comes COVID. And instead of your kids or, you know, these women's kids having school to go to and programs to go to and being in great you know, environments, learning and playing and doing everything they need to do, all of a sudden the kids are home and meeting the parents and meeting the parents in a different way. And everyone was really scared and, you know, everyone trying to figure out this new thing. And what I've primarily seen is a lot of times falls so much more to the mother. Nothing against dads. Dads and a lot are so phenomenal and have handled COVID really, really well, but it naturally falls more to the moms. And then you've got jobs that are meeting so much of moms and some are understanding, you know, there's virtual school to balance out and there's Zoom calls with kids running in and out. And some have been really good about understanding that and some haven't. But what we've been seeing is a lot of moms struggling with maintaining the level of work in addition to the additional responsibilities that are falling to them. And they're having to make choices. And those choices were already being made to some extent by working moms before. And now those choices are much harder, much more intense in a much tighter time frame to be made. And so a lot of women are, are having to make a choice between staying in the workforce and figuring out how to make that happen in the midst of a global pandemic. And others are having to figure out if they're going to leave, what, what are they then going to do? Mm. And it's a hard choice. And I've talked to so many women facing that. And some dads too, I just, I want to mention that some dads too. <laughs> right. Definitely, just to balance it out. But definitely a lot of women who are just sort of deer in the headlights, what do I do? Yeah, I wonder yeah. what, in your experience, what is the driver, the moment, the thing that often puts a woman over the edge and and has her picking up the phone to call you and is that different is that different now in covid or is it just to to your comments just a moment ago is just that covid has really articulated this problem uh, and pushed it to such an extreme that it becomes uber obvious but is it the same are it the same drivers that they were before that that one thing that just finally pushes you over the edge and says i've got to make a change just just isn't enough anymore. So I think for some people, COVID has pushed them over the edge. Just, just in terms of like, this is too much for me, full stop, right? And then there are others who are saying, I'm now being asked to juggle everything I was already doing, plus virtual school, plus this, plus that. And then they're being furloughed or they're being let go and they're forced to, to reconcile. And then there are those who are saying, I've got the balance somewhat figured out right now. And I'm seeing this, I saw this some right when COVID started. I'm seeing this more a little bit later into the process where parents are saying, I've got this a little bit more figured out, but COVID is making me rethink my priorities. So they've they've kind of gotten to this point of that train is moving and I'm on it and, I, and this is, it's crazy and I'm working a ton and, and it's just nuts right now. But let me take five minutes to take a step back. Wow, I think my priorities are shifting. 
Mm-hmm. And COVID is making them think about their, their the difference in their priorities from a career perspective and what are they going to focus on more of and less of and be strategic about it. But then some of them are also thinking about it from the perspective of life and looking at things a little bit differently because, you know, COVID, I think, has impacted people in a very profound way in terms of, wow, I I never thought about like this little virus being something that could threaten my whole world this way. And so they're just, they're almost coming to a point in life of like, I, I've got to, I've got to get myself off this hamster wheel and let me, let me get some support in doing that. So it's not always a, I lost my job or I'm super duper duper stressed out with all the things and the school and this it's, oh my God, I'm scared. And how am I going to make a change in my life to take back control? Hmm. Because this pandemic has equalized, right? It's a great equalizer. It doesn't matter for in a lot of ways. It doesn't matter. You you can get this and still have issues with it regardless. And so it, it's making people feel out of control and they want to take that control back. So it is letting them, it is urging them to make the call to a career strategist such as myself to say, help me take that control back. And that actually has been one of the biggest surprises of COVID is the number of people who have seen the light in that way. And maybe they would have gotten to that point without COVID because we still had a, a lot of that happening before. But this has been so profoundly impactful that I've seen quite a bit of it since COVID started. That's super insightful. The idea that I think you're you're boiling this all down to a simple premise. I need control over my life in whatever way control is right for me. That is really what I'm seeking and what I need. And that doesn't feel COVID related. That feels that feels true. That was true for me almost eight years ago now and and true for the many women that I hear from. And I wonder if you can put on the hat of know all and see all in in the in the universe that you have access to. What are the things that have put us in this place as women? What has put us in this situation that if I've spent I'm I'm filling the blank person and I've spent 20 years in this career, 15 years in this career, and now I feel like I'm I'm not under control, what were the things that got me here, whether they were my choice in making or the way society is set up? What got me here? I actually think you hit it on the head with society. I do. Um, And not only have I seen this in my own life and seen it with my clients, but I've read so much about it. It's this idea, and this isn't like fully 100% mass generalization, but, but it is something that I've seen quite a bit of. It's this idea that women can have it all. And we can be powerhouses in in the boardroom and in the corporate space, and we can be super duper moms and we can make it all happen and we'll be happy and it's going to be wonderful. And absolutely no one I've ever talked to would say, oh, it's been nothing but amazing. No matter how, how much they've risen through the wings, they would always come back and say, it has been a struggle. I can't do it all. I feel so stressed out. I feel like I'm not in control of my life anymore. My life lends me. I don't run my life. And it's all coming down to, but society told me I could. And that is not the way it has turned out. I think women have pre-COVID seen that, seen the writing on the wall and said, I'm going to do things differently. The society was having a real tough time catching up. And, And this was, you know, people asking for, 
I want better work-life balance. I want to work a little bit more with a flexible work schedule. I can, I, I can get so much more done in a short amount of time. And, you know, referring to some of the European models, some of these other European countries that have said, you know, I will let me work three days a week, four days a week, still be max productive. And here's how I can do it. Here's what we're going to do. And some companies saying, yes, go for it. And that those companies are winning high marks and other companies saying, yeah, no, we're going to give that job to a guy, a man. Mm-hmm. And so I will say that I think COVID is actually equalizing again because it, it's forcing companies to recognize just how effective people can be and productive they can be in a more contained, restrained timeframe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that actually has, I think, and will continue to be beneficial. But I, I do think it goes back to this idea that women can have it all and this being told to us for so long. And then once once people are getting into these higher level roles, realizing, oh, that was a bold faced lie. <laughs> Oh, this is not good. Right. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's really what, what does having it all mean and how does it come to life? Right. That having it all may not mean a hundred percent of everything, a hundred percent of the time. And that there's still a place and room for you to feel like you, you can be successful across the board. So speaking of, you know, you've, you've coached many people, many women uh, through these moments in their career where they're saying, I need to take this back. I want my life back. I've got to put this into my own terms. What are the beyond a beautiful resume that's extremely mm-hmm. well written and articulated, which I know is what you you offer. And that's the tangible thing you hand to people. I'm at least a little smart enough to know that that's mm-hmm. a small portion of the <laughs> the mass that you that you really do. Now, what are those kind of really big things that you push and pull clients and, and each of them, I assume, in a different way based on where they mm-hmm. are in their lives? Mm-hmm. What are those big things that you're pushing and pulling that you'd recommend my listeners think about as they're trying to evaluate, how do I make this career work? I'm not ready to jump ship and start a candle business or what have you, <laughs> but I need to make this career work. I love what I do. How, how do I start? What, what are the things I should be thinking about? A couple of things. The first that comes to mind are boundaries for the love of all things good in this world. <laughs> boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I know some women out there are going to say, yup, I totally get it. I've, I've, I've either done that thing with boundaries and it made all the difference or saying, I, I hear you. I definitely need to establish those boundaries. Uh, and then there are going to be those who, have, who are saying, I'm trying and I'm not getting it. So there's, and for that last group of women who've tried to get the boundaries and not getting it, there are definitely some additional strategies to think about and it may not be the right company for you. So read the writing on the wall if that's what you're coming up against, but boundaries first and foremost, where if, if you are being asked to do way more than what has been intended, expected, discussed, this, that, and the other, there needs to be a conversation between you and your manager. And this is very, very situation specific, but it needs to come down to, here's how my time is being used. Here's what we're, we're talking about me doing. Here are the additional things that, that I'm also being asked to do. Where do you want me to spend my time? And having that conversation to set boundaries and also being honest about, here's what's, what's going on for me. Here's how I can be the most productive for you. And again, continuing that conversation. Um, let let so does, me ask you about yeah. that. To, sorry to interrupt you, but wh- why is it so hard for us? Why is it so hard for us to set those boundaries? 
I do think it goes a little bit back to society mm. where it's, you know, especially for women. Yes, yes, yes. And, and saying yes to everything and figuring it out on the back end. And here's where I will invite you to join the no club. And I, I will tell you, I had a friend who, you know, sat me down several years ago and was like, you're saying yes to everything. You're about to be a mom and you can't do that. Join me in the no club. And I joke with her now that I'm like president of the no club. Um, and, but, but it's like, please join me there because as a working professional, male, female, parent or not a parent, you have every right to strategically and professionally set boundaries and say no. But I do think that it's been very difficult for a lot of women to, to get to that point and to recognize and find the, the effective ways to do it. But once you start doing it, I'm saying this from full experience, once you start saying no, there is no stopping you. It's great. It really is. Yeah, I, so, I would agree with that. I, I think I've found my way into that. But to be really honest, not until I left left corporate America and and started my own business and could set my own rules. And I'm quote unquote famous for at least in the, in the mom circle that may be the audience for this podcast. I'm famous for saying when my kids are out of school, I am not working, which is true for holiday times. I take off, right? That uh, if I need to go get my kid at three o'clock, I don't have meetings at that time. I get my kids at three o'clock. It's easy for me to do that. I feel like now, but I recognize that feeling and that concern of setting boundaries from, you know, eight years ago. And it's, it's a hard thing to do. And yet it is so freeing and it's so freeing now. And I think you are right that once you start, you can see the possibility of doing it all the time that now I can see how I should have done it in the past, even though I did it. And now it feels like, well, that, that was actually kind of easy. Nobody seems to be arguing with me about this. Yeah. You're still going to push back. If you, if you are going the professional way and you are as absolutely effectively asking that, like setting the boundaries and saying no, and you're still getting pushback, that is not the right place for you to be. Which brings me actually to my second point, which is always make sure you've got your documents in order because you just never know. You should always have your documents in order. And part of it is not just having like your resume look good, but it should be strategically aligned with what what it is you want to do and focused on that pattern of excellence. And the reason I say that is going through that process of recognizing, hey, what am I really good at? What do I want to do more of that I'm good at? What I want to never do again that I may have been good at that, but don't want to do it anymore. And then how can I start making decisions about where I want to take my job next in my career? And going through that process and getting those documents updated is hugely clarifying and empowering for people. Also helps to build resilience, but it's going to help to open up one's eyes to what are some other possibilities for opportunities that I have not thought about at companies that might be a better fit for me that if I'm pointing out my clear pattern of excellence in whatever space this, you know, a person might be in, whether it's whatever it is, project management, IT, marketing, healthcare, law, whatever it is, to empower yourself to know what you're good at and want to do more of. Have the documents aligned with that and, and know how you're going to speak to that in conversation so that you are then that much more prepared for the kinds of roles that that might make sense for you in the places where you need to be that are going to support the boundaries that are going to support 
you having control over your life because it all resilience in and of itself goes back to being in a right frame of mind and having control over your life in, in a healthy way and knowing where you're going to go next and, and that you've got the support to get there. And from a career perspective, having your documents in order and having clarification on what you actually want to be doing and, and backing it up with your you know, a record of achievement to point to, there's nothing more empowering than that. I hear that in what, what it translates to me is if, if I am listening to this podcast right now and I don't have a resume that I feel good about. I am not clear the kinds of roles, assignments, the kind of company that I want to work with. I need to put this podcast down and do that immediately. Whether you're ready to look for a new job or not, start with that and start right away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because even if you're thrilled with where you are or kind of okay with where you are, always have your documents updated because you never know what's going to happen in the rest of the world, what's going to happen with your company, but also what potential opportunities could come your way. And if you are having to drop everything and update your documents, that's just, it's just kind of a nightmare to do that for people. Even, even if they're coming to us, it's still just like, I need it tomorrow. Well, you know, we, we, you've got a queue too, but always make sure you've got those documents updated because the process of going through and, and getting them updated and learning essentially, we call it the capitalized process, pun on my last name, Catherine, but you know, <laughs> I like puns. But anyway, to go through the capitalized process means that you're going to take that step back. You're going to look at things differently. You're going to clarify what you want to do and all that. And you're going to have yourself more optimized for next steps. And that also includes LinkedIn because LinkedIn is hugely powerful and and just a mainstay. It's not going anywhere. You got to be on it. It's got to be a strong profile and opportunities do come out of that. And so going through that process, the resume and cover letter get updated, but so does LinkedIn. And that right there can open more doors for you that if it's the right fit, you can say yes to. And if it's not the right fit, you can say no to. That is also part of the no club, saying no to what doesn't fit for you. Mm. And I have had countless clients try to accept roles that they knew inherently were the wrong fit only to come back and say, I knew it and I still did it. Mm. And, and so I'm telling you, listen to that gut. Mm. It's way more powerful than people think. Listen yeah. to that gut and say no to what is not right for you. Right. Right. That's, that's fantastic. So, okay. I'm energized. I'm motivated. And I think I am ready. I need to get with Emily and her team or do some research to find a career right. coach near me that I'm yeah, ready to talk to. What, how do I start? What do I do? Is there anything I should do to prepare to come in and talk to you and have you and your team help me? I would say there's really not much to do in advance. Like, you know, obviously speak to a couple of different career strategists, make sure that you're finding the one that's like the the best fit for you. And I tell everybody that, right? Because it's kind of like dating. You don't necessarily want to go with like the very first person. You kind of want to make sure you find the right fit. And so talk to a couple of different people. But ultimately, you should be working with a team that will take you through the process. And they might make you do some work because, you know, at the end of the day, we as career strategists need to get to know you. And that might require you getting to know yourself a little bit better. But there shouldn't be a whole lot of work in advance of having an initial consultation. But definitely do speak to a couple of people 
uh, just again, to make sure it's the right fit. Fantastic. I love that. I, I feel like I need to like, you need to send me an invoice because I got so much value out of this conversation. We talked about... This one's on me. This oh, thank you. Me. Thank you. This is the intro for free. Uh, I, we talked about people feeling out of control, women feeling out of control and really wanting to wrap their hands around that. We talked about setting boundaries and how that is like the first line of defense to get yourself back on track. We talked about getting your documents in order. Um, we talked about how to engage a career coach if you're ready to do that. Even if you're not, to please jump right into your documents, jump into thinking about what you want and what you want out of your career, out of your life so that you're ready when when the time comes. So, so much good stuff here. I know I'm going to have all of your contact info available in the show notes for this episode, but if you could just tell us quickly how to reach you if we would like to do that. Sure. Sure. Please check us out at Refresh Your step.com r-e-f-r-e-s-h-y-o-u-r step.com refreshyourstep.com and of course we are on facebook and linkedin and instagram i think we're, we're also on twitter but i personally am just a much bigger fan of facebook linkedin and instagram you so, and me both uh, i think it's I'm our age to... girl i think it's our age <laughs> i i think so i just i twitter is fabulous i think for some people i just yeah i look yeah. at others but certainly find us on there um, my team and I are, you know, happy to chat with people. Um, we work with people from all levels, all sectors, and always happy to have a conversation and, and take you through the capitalized process to see what it is that you want to actually capitalize on in your quest to build career resilience. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fork in the Road podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoy recording it. And if you found any wisdom in our conversation today, please do us and your friends a favor by sharing this episode. Help us reach even more women by liking and reviewing this podcast wherever you found us. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.